Welcome to The Current, a podcast produced by We Stand for Energy. We Stand for Energy is a community that supports a reliable, affordable, and sustainable energy future for everyone, and is a project of EEI, the National Trade Association representing U.S. investor-owned electric companies. My name is Brad Viator. I am your host. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about wildfires. And to do that, brought in an industry expert from the electric sector, Matthew Jaramillo, who's the Director of Government Affairs for PM Resources. Welcome, Matthew. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Brad. It's great to be here. Looking forward to hearing some of your perspectives. So let's see if we can set the stage. Can you give us a brief overview of what's going on in New Mexico as it relates to wildfires right now? Well, and as you can imagine, Brad, uh, and I'm sure as many of your listeners have read, it's been a very difficult year in New Mexico due to the damage and displacement of numerous wildfires and the concerns and challenges they have caused. Wildfires flurried up in various sizes have burned almost up to 790,000 acres throughout our state as of yesterday, and that compared to 2011, where we were just shy of about 800,000 acres that was burned in that year. We have three main fires through the Hermit's Peak Gap Canyon fire in the north and the Midbright fire in the southeast. They have consumed much of the state's attention since January. And the Black Fire in the Gila National Forest near Truth or Consequences is roughly about uh, 260,000 acres, and that one's only 25% contained. It is unimaginable to think of all the homes, ranches, businesses, watershed, power systems, mountain ranges, and residential areas that have been destroyed. And there's still a month to go in our fire season, perhaps longer if the summer doesn't bring any rainstorms. Uh, we have our fingers crossed for moisture and less wind, and, and that's really what we're hoping for these days. That makes a whole lot of sense. Sorry to hear about all the challenges. It seems that every year there's some sort of cataclysmic wildfire. And unfortunately, this year it seems to be in New Mexico. So how has the wildfire kind of impacting your plans going forward? How has it sort of like shaken folks at the company to thinking about wildfire differently? Well, our top priority, much like all of your membership companies is safety. We make, eat, and breathe safety, and that's really at the top of mind. The fire situation has not exponentially changed that, but created a new awareness and a new direction where and how we look at safety. So the dire situation we're in has not changed that. Because we're always under the threat from our annual fire season, we constantly update our fire mitigation plans preventative programs and strategies, as well as our fire and other operating plans. For example, PNM has identified hazardous fire areas that we use to prioritize routine and possibly enhance maintenance for inspections. We have also increased situational awareness of escalating fire weather conditions, augmented plans to reduce ignition likelihood from both system operations and field work, We've also taken steps to add fire classification schemes that will govern response, internal recordings, uh, external communications during uh, certain wildfire events, depending on how large they get. We have also adopted the premise for initiating an ignition management plan by capturing and analyzing outage and ignition data. 
with the goal of using this information to develop effective risk reduction strategies and fire mitigation situations. We are also looking to add a new position, a wildfire manager to our staff. This person would act as our subject matter expert for wildfire, where they would really help monitor fires, coordinate with communities, internally and external departments, respond to fires and help the company understand what are the best ways to prevent being the cause of fires and what we can do and what rules can we play in and out of our communities to help mitigate a lot of that risk. As you know, and as many of our member companies say repeatedly, as a last resort, we always look to adopt the framework for public safety of power shutoff plants for use when uh, the public and grid safety is threatened by hazardous fire and weather conditions. So it's really enhanced how we look at things and how we move forward, but it's also given us the ability to really be more cognizant of the area around us and the situation that New Mexico has been brought in by the wildfires this year. Yeah. Look, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And also what I'm hearing as you were talking about what you're doing is it's just kind of enhancing some of the stuff you're already doing. It's something you're paying attention to, but you're adding new controls because in any sort of chaotic situation, you learn new things and you realize that as you were saying with the fire manager, right, you need somebody to run a program it appears. And so you're going to bring that person in. I think that makes a ton of sense. Are you all thinking about anything as it relates to legislation or like anything that the government is talking about doing going forward, kind of like in response to some of these big fires as you think about next legislative session? Well, not necessarily our governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham, has been fantastic through this process. And from an outsider looking in, it looks like she's living in the present and has fully engaged from the beginning and been very proactive by activating our National Guard, directing our state agencies, allocating emergency funding, as well as communicating with our federal government president for disaster relief declarations. To date, she has issued, I believe, over 50 executive orders to provide as much assistance as necessary to the affected communities, helping to avoid and minimize economic and physical harm, essentially trying to protect the public, provide emergency and disaster and humanitarian relief. This impact really has had a lot of dire situations created by this enormity of how disastrous this really has been for a state. It has been continued coordination and communication with our communities, our federal, state, local officials, working with our rural electric co-ops, partnered energy companies, El Paso and Excel, SPS, as well as Tri-State to really help the mitigation of what we're dealing with. I'm sure there may be some legislation or some appropriated relief from the legislature come January in the upcoming session, but I think what the governor has done to her ability is really try to deal with the present and be really proactive in what she's been able to do with the powers that she has. Knowing what I know about your governor, I think proactive is part of her DNA. So not surprised to hear it, but also happy to learn that she's on top of it. Can we talk a little bit about the communities themselves? So you've got, you, you said true their consequences a moment ago, and I guess you've got some fires that are south of Albuquerque. You've got some a little west of Santa Fe. Is that right? And then are they further east as well? Like wh where geographically within the state are we looking at that the sort of risk here? Sure thing. So we'll talk about the three major fires. The first one that we had was called the McBride fire, which was down in Riodoso, which is about on the southeast part of the state. 
The second fire came about in the Las Vegas Rio Rivi area, which is the northeastern part of the state, grew towards the north central part, which was the Hermit Peak Calf Canyon, which was two fires that actually merged together to one, which currently, unfortunately, is the largest fire in our state's history. And then the most recent fire, which is the Black Fire in the Gila region, which is essentially the southern part of New Mexico on the western side. And so if you're looking at our state, we have every angle covered related to wildfires. We do have a lot of small ones that have ignited here and there, but nothing to the extent these three have really exploded into. Yeah, man. I know that's very different terrain, very different populations. And having that many fires all across the state is, is certainly a challenge. So anyways, I'm glad to hear about all your coordination with partner utilities. Glad to hear about all the activity that we're seeing from the governor's office. Can you share a little bit about some of the work that your company was doing, your colleagues were doing in the communities that were impacted as the fire started and as people started to figure out what needs were? Definitely. It really revolves around coordination, communication, and partnerships. As the largest energy company in New Mexico, we do have a wealth of experience in these types of situations. For example, our PNM team has been embedded with the incident command teams on both the McBride fire, which is in the Rio Dosia area we spoke over in the Hermit's Peak, Calf Canyon fire, which is in the Las Vegas area, where they develop responses for similar issues, namely identifying facility locations to responding agencies, coordinating power shutoffs to accommodate fire suppression efforts, working with federal, state, and local officials to ensure continuity of service of PPPs and critical facilities. Uh, they also have coordinate meetings with affected community members to really discuss issues and concerns they had about fire suppression efforts and work with them for uh, related assistance. One of the hardest things in situations like this is the unknown, especially with something as a wildfire where it can go any direction at any point in time with the winds that we've had. They have just been so unpredictable can you imagine if your community is really on the brink of evacuation or even an evacuation warning? Information is critical because of livelihood and our folks really played a key role in and really helped quell a lot of that. As well as we were able to organize internal crisis management meetings really to discuss fire status, operational logistical issues, customer outreach, and restoration alternatives when we had loss of transmission and distribution lines, as well as substations in the various areas. So again, you know, I will stress because it's been stressed a number of times with this situation, coordination, communication, and partnerships have been key, and nothing is more apparent than those three factors as we talk about this wildfire today. Well, what other steps is PNM taking to mitigate wildfires and also just prepare customers for this new world that where we're seeing more and bigger fires given the, some of the climate challenges we're facing? If anything, this particular fire season has shown a light on outpour and is to proactively prepare as a state for wildfires and to take proper steps to mitigate and anticipate any scenario that may arise. We, as a company, are in the process of developing a number of wildfire mitigation strategies and we'll be looking to incorporate them into our culture, thus looking to enhance collaboration among our internal departments regarding wildfire risk reduction and response. Uh, so when we look at safety, 
safety will also encompass what can we do when it relates to this type of situation. And the pure strategies we're looking to avoid really are vegetation management by employing the use of light detection and ranging technology and data, which is pretty cool. It's a remote sensing method that uses light in the form of pulse lasers to measure ranges or distances to the earth and really gives us the ability to show trees, wires, infrastructure, and the distance between them, from my understanding, close as a foot. And it really helps determine where vegetation management is most needed and can prioritize a lot of these steps. Another thing is we're looking to enhance our outage management ignition plan to collect more detailed information on ignitions and near ignitions to drive decisions on future maintenance and hardening. And like many companies that deal with a lot of situations similar to this, we're looking to incorporate best practices. One thing that EEI has always been essential to PM is learning from others, and this is no different. So when we're looking at engineering and, and technology solutions, we're looking to become more knowledgeable about the industry's best practices of studying various materials, construction and design processes, and also looking at proposals on how we can learn from other states and efforts that they already have in progress, uh, even as it relates to design and construction including hazardous firing area designations into our planning and design processes. Going as far as inspection and maintenance by development, by consolidated databases that we have in store assets related to health and inspection data across our company. And, and also important is system protection related to identifying critical assets for fire protection as soon as practical. So being more proactive, I think, is an overarching thing that we're looking to do. One final thought really is we're also looking at working on a fire weather operating plan that really will enhance our situational awareness. Uh, you can't plan for everything, but if you can be proactive and think a little bit about how certain situations and react to them, our situational awareness will improve and we believe that we're more equipped to handle a lot of these situations. Like I mentioned before, Hiring a, a wildfire manager to strengthen our expertise because you can never have enough expertise. Really augment our operational policies by clearly communicating and raising red flag warnings for operation protocols. And, and like I mentioned earlier as well, as a last resort, ensure that public safety power shutoffs are really in place, are really solidified for those extreme fire conditions that we have to do what we need to do to preserve the integrity of the system, but more important, really the communities that we serve and make sure we don't do anything as a detriment to, to affect those that are most. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I'm glad y'all are working on this. You know, this is one of those areas where people can go out and design policy to solve these problems. Seems like a lot more progress is made when y'all are just trying to figure out solutions on the fly to some of these dire situations. So happy to see you've got all those engineers working hard, community relations folks working hard to find solutions that wish y'all the best. Yeah, our, our folks deserve a, a bit of gratitude. They've been working nonstop, really trying to do all that they can. Not because it's their job, but it's the right thing to do. And really what's expected of us as leaders in the community and leaders as a company. Well, and look, it's also the community you live in. And so it's just, it's one of the things that's constantly a through line with electric companies. Why are they so invested in these outcomes? Because it's your community too. 
not everybody's 16th generation New Mexican, but a lot of people really love where they live and they want to do everything they can to make a better place. Exactly. Let me ask you, just like your perspective, not necessarily from that policy point of view. Have these fires this year opened your eyes to anything new or anything different? I know you're a Western state, like wildfires are a thing in the West and you kind of understand the state in a way that really very few people do. Are there things about this fire season that have opened your eyes personally and made you think about it differently? Well, it, it personally, you know, like any disastrous event, like a wildfire, it really gives you pause on what's important, what needs priority. New Mexico is known for a lot of things. Typically, what a lot of people understand, it's always on the top of all the bad lists and the bottom of all the good. But that pales in comparison to the heart, determination, and grit when it comes to helping those that have been displaced, those that have been struggling, especially now when we are experiencing what we are, the largest wildfire in our state's history. We have seen a number of friends, both elected non-elected. We've seen a lot of community leaders, both past, present, and, and even future, really step up and figure out what they can do to help some of these families, these communities, some of these children, really figure out a way to give back to some normalcy. We have leaders in local government that are putting together housing developments to really help displace families that have lost almost everything and still don't have fire insurance. We have community members that are, are doing what they can to collect non-perishables and the like to deliver. I have a number of friends that are delivering hay as we speak to help provide livestock with the ability to have something to eat and even helping with relocating a lot of the, the livestock that is being displaced just due to the fire. So, you know, been born and raised here. It's nothing new for me to see something like this, but it, it's great to know that this still exists in somebody to go above and beyond what is necessary to make sure that somebody else has an opportunity to at least get back to some normalcy. Yeah, that's a great, a great message, right? To see humanity in times of crisis and to see it playing out, I know is, is heartening. Well, look, Matthew, we appreciate the time you always give us. We appreciate all the hard work that y'all are engaging in, that the government's engaging in to get these things under control and look forward to being able to put all this stuff behind us and get back to doing all the important work we need to be doing. I appreciate that. Well, thanks, Matthew. We'll talk soon. You got it, Brent. I really appreciate it. Here. Thank you, everybody. We hope you found this to be an informative 15 minutes, and we look forward to bringing you additional expert insights on energy policy. To learn more about EEI and the electric power industry, visit www.eei.org. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for The Current and We Stand for Energy.